And I think the text will even bear it. But when you go up in the verse 15 here, 12, I'm sorry, look at 12 and 14 with me. Because the men are going to destroy him. Kind of like compacting all this to get a picture of Lot. Look at Lot. Because the way Lot may have been living in Sodom, I don't think too many people knew that he was in love with the God Jehovah. Oh, yes, he knows God Jehovah. Oh, yes, no doubt Lot saved because of what Peter says. But the way he's living, the people around him don't take his faith in Jehovah seriously. Don't take his religion seriously. Don't take his commitment seriously. Verse 12. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, son-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws. Catch this now. Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place. Now understand, we don't understand a pledge. A pledge was something like an engagement that said you're already married, but yet you're not married. So we don't even do engagements no more. We just jump from zoom, zoom. And he says, and it's called them their son-in-laws because they were already pledged to each other in marriage. But he goes to them and he tells them, we need to get out of this place. Look how they respond. Hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his son-in-laws thought he was what? Joking. When you live among folks who really do not see your love for the Lord or your sincerity for the Lord and you're living on that border edge where you're trying to live in two worlds and remember what the Lord says, no man can serve two masters but you're trying to serve two masters. People cannot clearly state where you stand Therefore, when something comes up and you say something, there's really no value or depth in it because they don't take you seriously in your relationship with your Lord. It's amazing. I experienced this a number of times down at the Y. That men would come up to me and they would say, my son's in prison. Would you pray for him? And I tell well, let's just stop a moment. Let's pray right now. People would say, I got to go in the hospital. And this has to happen. Oh, this I need. Would you pray for me? And stop and pray with them. 
Any other time, they may not say a, a, a lot to me until something happens in their life. But because in their mind, there's some kind of connection between here and there. Between here and that guy up there in heaven who controls everything. That some kind of connection. Well, they can have that same connection. Just don't know it. And they come and they ask. Well, in the other time, they take it kind of lightly, but when something really takes place, they're right there asking. These son-in-law somewhere missed the sincerity of Lot's seriousness with his Lord. And what he said had no weight, no depth. This is just some kind of joke. He's just joking. He just, and they didn't take it seriously. But when people know who you are in Christ and you really believe the Lord, when you say something, it has meaning behind it. It has death behind it. And it says, he was joking. Now, now follow with me just a little bit further, 15 through 17. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. Now, you let some angels, and I know that they're angels by now, I know they're sent here by God, say, it's time to exit this place. There's no time for conversation. Gone. Give me a chance to go warn Akron Lot. Gone. You know, at that point, exactly what the uh, people used to say, every man for himself, you know, gone. Okay. And the thing is here, the angel says, get away from this place. I want you to take seriously because this is the Christian who is so caught up with the world that when God speaks, they don't hear the Lord. Only thing they hear is their own desire and wants. Once you take hold of this deeply here, and hear what scripture is going to say. He comes back and he says, the city is going to be punished, going to be destroyed. Look at 16. When he hesitated, what's the hesitation about? I just told you the city is going to be destroyed. But when people are caught up with something else of the Lord, it's always a hesitation. Not knowing that hesitation may cost their life. Not knowing that hesitation will only bring more destruction. And what it is at that point, I'm not hearing from the Lord, I'm hearing who? 
what I want, what I want, the things I want. Follow with me a little bit further to see this light and to see people who are saved but yet entrapped by the things of the world and the struggle that they might be having. It says, when he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters. What are they doing? Lot is hesitating, but the angels grab them. And the angel takes them out. Again, I want to say to this, this is the fruit of Abraham's prayers. This is the fruit of Abraham dealing with the angels in 18. This is the fruit of Abraham interceding. And what I want to say to you is this. If you're interceding for one of your loved ones, don't stop. Don't stop. You keep praying, you keep praying, you keep praying. As long as they have breath, pray for them. Because if God has to send an angel to take them out, praise God. Because at that moment, Lot's not listening. He's hesitating. This is bad for you. It's a bad situation. We're getting ready to destroy the city and you're hesitating? Something's wrong with that. You give all the warnings and yet there's the hesitation. There's not the quick exit, the urgency, the understanding of what's getting ready to take place somehow is not registering. And sometimes we look as we counsel with people and talk with people and guess what? It's not what? Registering. It don't make sense. It's not, and they hesitate. They hesitate. How many times you got to get beat to understand you're in a bad situation? A woman shouldn't have to get beat no more than once to understand. This ain't good. This is not a good situation. It don't take a number of times for a man to get paid on Friday, don't show up on Friday evening with a paycheck coming home to understand I'm in a bad situation. There are things that happen in our life rationally it should not take it happening over and over and over and over. You know, we've come up with this. When they get filled up with it, when they get tired of it, by that time, so much destruction mentally, physically has taken place that what you have is basically a bankrupt life because they hung around too long. And says so he hesitated. He hesitated. He hesitated. For some people in life, you give them a chance, you give them a moment, if they don't fulfill that moment, bah! Because life is too short for you to waste half your life and you get into 30 and 40 dealing with the same loser and then make the decision, I'm going to lose. You're already lost. 
you've already lost. That be man or woman, you've already lost. And some things in situations of life, you got to be willing to just let it go. And Lot was not willing to just let it go. And the angels had to bring him out. The angels had to bring him out. Come on down a little bit further with me. Look at the argument that Lot even brings up. As soon as they had brought them out, in verse 17, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. One of the angels are saying, run, flee, get away from this place. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plains. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Flee. Now they told him which direction to flee. To run to. Remember that area that I told one of the things about is, is when you begin to doubt God and defy God and, and so forth? Why don't you look at Lot here now? Come down into verse 19. But Lot said to them, No, my lords. Wait a minute. They're going to destroy the place. They know the time they're going to destroy the place. They bought you out of it now. They're telling you where to run to. And you're saying what? No. Understand this. You can rescue people and you can save people and people still will not trust you to give them directions. You can help them. You can pour your life out into them and they will not trust you for directions. And Lot's argument is no. Look what Lot wants. No, my Lord, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountain. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Now that's Lot's reasoning. I can't get to the mountains quick enough. Well, well, wait a minute. We're the ones telling you, flee to the mountains. We know how long it's going to take you to get to the mountains. And nothing's going to happen till you get to the mountain. But your argument to me is, no, I can't make it to the mountain. Listen to a lot of people sometimes. You know what their argument is? They can't. I can't do this. I can't leave this. I can't let that go. But this is what I want. And what Lot is going to argue for is what he wants. Now understand this. Lot has got accustomed to, in a sense, city living. A worldly living. What I want you to really see, because sometimes we ask this question. If I saved you out of one situation, why would you run right back into the same situation? You know, a skunk is always a skunk. Don't matter if it's skunk one or skunk two. It has the same effect. A snake is always a snake. 
you know. And the whole process is that here they are, but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town. Like they didn't know about this town. Sometimes you look at scripture and you have to laugh too. Like if the Lord was ignorant of that town being, where is that? You know, but Lot's the smart one. There's a town. Guess what? It's not as far as the mountain. Let me run to the town. Now, the angels didn't argue with them. Well, the town's no good for you. The town is much like Sodom and Gomorrah. The town is just another place where you will only have hardship and failure. No, I want to go to the town. Look, here's a town near enough to run to. And it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Now, wait a minute. You didn't save your life to begin with. Took the intervention of someone else to save your life. Now, all of a sudden, after you're saved, you want to take control of what? And you want to say what's good for you. And that's not going to tell them, hey, I'm better off going over here than going to the mountain. Here's where God sometimes, this sovereign God, will let you beat yourself up. He goes on and he says, in verse 21, he said to them, very well, I will grant this request. Even though I know it's not the best thing for you, I'm going to allow you to do that. And that's the thing about life for us. God will allow us to do it even when it's not the best thing for us. But because we will not take his instructions, because we will not follow what he desires for us, and because we think we know what's good for us over what he has said that is good for us, he allows us to do it. He said to him, very well, I grant this request to you. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. What? I'm not going to overthrow that one that you're speaking of. But look at 22. Look what he says. But flee there quickly. Now, now listen to what the angels are saying. I cannot do anything until you reach it. That's the prayers of Abraham. That's the prayers of Abraham. I won't do anything until you reach the town. Would that have been the same effect going to the mountain? We wouldn't do anything because Lot's thing was, I can't make it to the mountain because this would overtake me. Well, who's in charge of doing the destroying? I won't destroy anything until you reach the mountain. I've told you to go to the mountain. But you're going to argue with me and you want to go to the town. Because there in the town, like you said, then you can save yourself. 
Come a little bit further. Boy, this is interesting. By the time Lot reached Zorah, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord, from the Lord out of heaven. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the land of the plain. He saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, now catch this. Ooh, this is, ooh. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he what? Remembered who? Why not Lot? Who was doing the praying? Who was doing the interceding? Who was doing the asking that God would spare? And God remembered all the requests of Abraham of Abraham for this nephew for this nephew and the interceding prayer of Abraham for this nephew and what Abraham himself pointed out his love on Lot not wanting to see Lot destroyed and God destroyed everything but this Lot Now, Lot's name means concealed or covered or veil. That's what Lot's name means. And while he lived in Sodom, he may have concealed what he really believed about this Jehovah. While he lived in Sodom, he really didn't live for the Lord because he was concealing and keeping it a secret. And sometimes for you and I, we live in this world, but we're keeping who a secret? Jesus, the one we love. And sometimes the only reason our relatives are going to be spared, and sometimes the only reason they're going to be rescued is because you're praying. You're praying. You're interceding for them. And God will remember your request. Remember what James says? The prayers of a righteous man does what? A bell of what? Much. God doesn't forget the prayers of a righteous individual. They availeth much. Now, pick up in verse 30. Before we read it, I want to say this to you. When we lose confidence in the Lord, we've already lost it all. When you lose confidence in God, you've already lost it all. 
The question is, what have you lost? Lot lost his workers, his servants. He lost that. Lot lost his herds. Because it said that he was wealthy with herds and flocks. As long as he was under that umbrella with Abram. Lot lost his wealth, his money, and whatever he thought he had of wealth. Lot lost his family, his wife, and in a sense what his two daughters do with him, getting them drunk. He lost them in a sense. Lot lost, and here's the thing that sometimes people don't really see that they lose. As close as a mother is to a daughter or to a son, certain type of living will cause a loss even though there is yet a love for it. But the relationship never winds up being what it could have been. Catching what I'm saying there? And what Lot lost because he chose to live in Sodom and his mannerism maybe and what he did different than Abram, he lost a relationship of an uncle who was trying to be like a father who loved him greatly. He lost a great relationship. Now that doesn't mean Abram didn't care for him or Lot didn't care for Abram. But the closeness and the intimacy of that relationship, I believe, was lost. And some of you know what I'm talking about. For you've really lost the real intimacy of a daughter or a son or a niece or a nephew or an uncle or a relative. That's not saying you hate them. No, you love them. But the relationship, what could have been, that was broken over some type of incidents can never be restored or regained. And Lot lost the relationship with Abraham that could have been like a father and son. And no telling the riches that Lot could have had. When you lose your confidence of trusting God with your life, you've already lost it all. Here's Abram, in a sense, in the mountains of Canaan, in that area, and he's being blessed constantly. Here's Lot who chose to live in the plains and into the cities. And look where he winds up at. Go to verse 30. Remember the, even the little town he chose to go to? He's not even there. And sometimes when we choose to go somewhere else other than what God calls us, he may allow us to go for a moment. But that's not our stopping point. Lot and his two daughters left Zor. That's where he wanted to go. That's where he would be safe. 
That's where he could start life over again. That's where the things would be grand and great. Look what it says. And settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. Boy, you think the light's coming on? And he and his two daughters look where he winds up at living and he could have been with Abraham. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. You talking about the story of, of rich, riches to rags? That's lot. Where's his servants? Where's his herds? Where's his wealth? All for a brief moment in the cities of Sodom. All for a brief moment in the city of Zor. All for the thing of standing up against God and saying, no, no, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to do this. Lost it all because he didn't have the confidence to trust God directing his life. And some of us know folks, in a sense, that are living in a cave. And they're living in the condition that they're living in because they will not trust God and have confidence in him. We live in the conditions of life that we choose to live in because we have chosen to defy God. We have chosen to rebel against God. We have chosen not to trust God. We have chosen not to believe God. We have chosen not to have confidence that God can govern my life better than I can. And in a sense, we wind up living in the caves of life when God has so much better for us. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you, O oh God, that you are a God that loves us, O oh God, and you're the God who will rescue us time and time again. But Lord, we want to confess to you that we're living in caves, O oh God. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear from you. And we want to, oh God, allow you to direct our lives that we can move from the cave living into the type of life that you would have us to live. And Lord, we ask that you forgive us, oh God, for not listening to you, for not believing you, for not trusting you. Because Lord, your word is true. That it is your desire that we live an abundant life. It is your desire, Lord, that we live with contentment. It is your desire, O oh God, that we shine, O oh, oh God. And that, Lord, we are not the ones who are to beg. For we have a Father who is rich. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, those of us who are your people who are called by your name, 
that you will, O oh God, as you did with Lot, bring us out of our Sodom, bring us out of our sin, bring us out of our evil environment, bring us out, O oh God, even if you have to send forth your angels to carry us out, that, Lord, you would deliver us. And, Lord, I have grandsons, granddaughters, I have relatives, I have cousins, I have nieces, I have people, oh God, in my family, oh God, that I pray that you would send angels to and you will bring them out of the evilness that they're in. I pray, Father, that they will come to a place to hear your voice. I pray, Father, that they will allow you to direct their lives. I pray, Father, that they will not defy you, they will not rebuke you, they will not argue with you, they will not hesitate, O oh God, but they will come to a place where they yield to you. And even as Paul said, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? That they will bow before you knowing that you love them greatly and you care for them. And all that, did, all that you desire for them is good. And what you desire to do is to prosper them. You have a plan for their life, not to destroy them, but to prosper them. Not that they would live in caves, but that they would walk on higher ground. Lord, Minister to us and equip us as parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles to impart a loving story to those that we love, that you love them, and you have a plan for them if they're willing to yield to it and believe you and trust you and have confidence in you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that we can learn from your word. Thank you that we can bring your word into our lives, O oh God, and understand that, Lord, yes, we can choose to be the Abraham or we can choose to be the Lot. It's our choice. We just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? And if you're here today, you have an opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you've never accepted Christ, today is the day of salvation. And all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I yield to you all you have to say. Not hard. Very simple. As one man said, it's simply this. It's surrendering me into the hands of God and allowing God to have control of my life. If you're willing to do that, God will take control and you will know it. You will know it. You will know it. Is there any will come and say, Lord, be Lord of my life. Save me. Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity 
to share your love with your people. May you continue to bless. May you continue to draw those who are lost. May you continue to draw those who walk afar off closer to thee. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.